Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Starting With a Song. I'm your host, Amanda Mazzo, and I am so glad you're joining us. My guest today is a lifelong stationery lover and postal proponent. And in the middle of a digital age where we were forced to quarantine, she continued to believe in the power of old-fashioned mail to create authentic connections. Here's my conversation with my friend, Courtney Cochran. Okay. Are you ready to jump in? Sure. Let's do this. No time like the present. We both met at Creative Mornings, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was thinking we have been volunteering for the event team for like two and a half, maybe close to three years. What about you? Because you were there when we got there. Yeah, I've been doing it. So wait, which birthday did we just celebrate? Was it our sixth birthday that we just celebrated? I feel like it was a milestone, maybe five, maybe Maybe. not, maybe six. Don't listen to me. I don't know. I've been there one year less than whatever the birthday was because it was before I got in there. Um, So I want to say I've been doing it for four or five years. Awesome. Yeah. And I was thinking like we both, we both volunteer for the event team, but other than talking about name tags and donuts once a month. I don't know much about you. (laughs) Well, wait, I did write down cats and plants in common. So I know that (laughs) I'm like, we can be friends based off that information. It's totally fine. I see you've been watching my Instagram. Yes. Well, and I don't, I am a terrible cat mom because I don't post a lot about my cat, but I'm thinking there's a soft blanket down here. So she might come up eventually and start she makes biscuits on it you know she like it's the cutest but tell me are you originally from Nashville tell me about where you came from how you got here okay so I'm originally from Southern California technically um yeah so I lived there until I was about 11 or 12 and then my family moved to Nashville oh wow Uh, yeah so in the mid 90s we came to Nashville I think it was like 95 or 96. Um, and we actually didn't come directly to Nashville. We went to like rural Williamson County. So we were like 40 minutes outside of Nashville. Just a job change or wanted something different or cause that's a big trip. Yeah. It was kind of wild. <laughs> um, well, my dad's a musician, so. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, with the music industry, you've got like Nashville, New York, and mm-hmm. LA. We were already living in LA and they were wanting to find something that was, you know, better for a family. Sure. So New York wasn't really going to have like less crime and stuff like that. Um, so they looked at Nashville and they just really fell in love with like the small country life. Um, so they moved us out to a town that didn't even have a stoplight in it. Well, I was going to say, I can't even imagine in Williamson County now, I mean, there's still rural parts, but I can't even imagine how much change that you have seen from, from the mid mid nineties to today. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Even like in the town that they moved us to, um, it didn't have like a traffic signal or anything like that when we moved there. And the closest like full on grocery store was like 20 minutes away. Oh, wow. And there was only like one traffic signal between our house and that grocery store. So Whoa. we had to drive all the way into Bellevue to that Kroger that's on Highway 70 was the closest full on grocery store oh to us. Oh my gosh. And what would you do? Just take 840? 
Um, no, 840 didn't exist. Oh my God. <laughs> so we would drive all the way down Highway 100. Like when we Whoa. moved there, Williamson County had the 12th best school district in the nation, oh, which wow. was like a big polling point to, you know, prospective residents. But they didn't tell us that not the city we were looking at. <laughs> not all it of like, It's like this part, but not this part. Yeah. yeah. It was oh. like all of this area, but oh yeah, that also, we don't talk about that. <laughs> um, but it's gorgeous. It's the land out there is beautiful. And, you know, I had the opportunity to experience an entirely different culture from mine. Cause like I was not familiar with, you know, just small rural towns. Yeah. So we do like to talk about music a lot around here. And now finding out that your dad is a musician, I'm interested to hear about your childhood growing up with music and what you listened to and what influenced you. Ooh, um, yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to like unravel my earliest like music memories and stuff because music is just kind of everywhere all the time. Like mm -hmm. my dad always um, would have a guitar in hand. And so when we're like watching TV, he's sitting there playing like whatever, just all the time, there's just always music happening. Sure, so yeah. yeah, that's, um, it's just kind of a part of everyday life. Um, but that said there, there was always other music in the background too. So we did like a lot of Beatles and, you know, things like that. And my parents or my mom, one of them, maybe both of them, I don't know. Somebody used to listen to Lyle Lovett and that really oh, got, wow. I love Lyle Lovett still to still this, to this day. day. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm here for him. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just a ton of oldies, which oh, like, yeah. I feel like that's, I had a steady diet of oldies stuff. Same. Um, that was in most of the stuff that we listened to. I just remember being in the car, like uh -huh. driving certain places and like having the oldie station on and just coming yeah. to know. Yeah. We, I don't think we like have a good oldie station in Nashville now. I could be mistaken. No, I think you I may be. Yeah, I think you may be right. The only one I was thinking of was like Jack FM and that's a just a random yeah. collective of it's all the decades. <laughs> yeah. Like occasionally there'll be something old on there, but it's so weird just the way that music changes. Like classic rock used to be like rock from the seventies and now you'll hear Nirvana on classic rock. <gasps> Stop. No, I can't. And like hurts my soul a little bit. <laughs> I wonder the, the influence of satellite radio, how that maybe changed that. Maybe that's why we don't have certain stations because they're just available on demand anytime. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. It seems like the things that should stick around would be stuff for like older generations because maybe they're not as down with the technology. <laughs> but that, what, that what do I know? <laughs> it doesn't seem to bear out in reality because I can't find any old folks music, right. which is what I want to be listening to. <laughs> it's a comfort, comfort food for your ears. I love oldies. That's like... Yeah, that's really like the biggest category, I think, that I consumed growing up. Like my parents listened to a ton of it. And my dad, um, he, you know, has been a musician his whole life. But one of the main things that he was doing when I was like um, in probably like late elementary school or 
I don't know, just like my elementary school years, he put together like a little band that the cities would hire for like concerts in the parks and stuff like that. I mean, honestly, I've heard my dad and his, you know, group that he puts together doing that stuff so much that sometimes when I hear the originals, I'm like, it sounds like a cover because I just <laughs> hear it in my dad's voice. <laughs> but yeah, I just awesome. like, I love that stuff and I've listened to it more than the average bear. I think it's cool too that um, we've talked about before, like how music can trigger memories. And mm-hmm. so when you're growing up and you have, um, these times with your family or you're thinking about your dad or even just sitting around watching TV and like certain songs trigger that. I think that's special. Mm-hmm. So um, the OG listeners of this podcast will remember that starting with a song was launched to not only talk about literal music, but to talk about how people quote sing through their circumstances and find joy in their everyday. By the time season one was ending in 2020, the 2020 we know now was kicking into high gear. I felt like it was time to pivot a little bit and talk about how people are helping others, quote, sing through life. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and I wrote this down because they were talking about how this is a season of reconnecting after coming off a time of disconnect. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that's real true, not just physically in the past few months, but even before all of this, it just felt like everything was so busy mm-hmm. and you were getting away from the things that you really loved in life. So anyway, this feels like a time of reconnect with the things that we love. And I'm seeing how this year, especially you've been helping others quote, seeing through connection. I'm thinking back to what feels like sometimes yesterday, but March, I mean, when Nashville was hit by a tornado, we were then put on a stay at home order. We couldn't hang out. We couldn't see people in person due to COVID-19. And then we had that other weird storm in May. What was it called? Like, um, Derecho or something, 130,000 people in Nashville were wiped out of power. Anyway, if it just felt like our morale was running super low. Yeah. But the beautiful thing, if I can flip it and say, at that time, I saw so many people, how people were coming out, doing what they could to help the community with what they had, where they were in their own little corner of the, of the world. So talk to me about snail mail turned shut in social club (laughs) and the importance of connection. I even like to say like the importance of an analog connection in during a time of isolation. Well, I think connection is definitely like the, the touchstone for the project. Um, Shut in social club is like the newer thing, but primarily I'll talk about snail mail because I'm trying to roll shut in back yeah. into snail mail. And I do feel like it's a good time too, right? Like it feels like things are we're trying, we're trying to live in this, I don't want to say new normal. It's like the next normal. Yeah. So I had yeah. snail mail social club, which I had started because I wanted to can create a forum for people to come together and just connect with the analog art of writing letters and sending out mail to loved ones or maybe new friends or anyone and find a way that they could connect 
not only with like the letter writing from the writer to the recipient connection, but also connecting to themselves and their own creativity. So I started hosting Mm, these mm -hmm. gatherings where I would bring all the supplies and people could come and write letters. And, you know, if they had somebody who they wanted to write to, they were welcome to do that. Or if they wanted to choose somebody from my snail mail social club directory, they could choose. I love that you have a directory. (laughs) That's so fun. (laughs) I love it. So I can just, anytime that I'm like, I want to send some good vibes out to someone, I can just pick a random person out of that book. Little postcard. Yeah. But yeah, I started just gathering people together and letting them use the bounty of supplies that I have because I'm like a lifelong stationary and office supply hoarder. I love this stuff. So I have plenty of excess to bring and share with people. Um, but then with COVID, we suddenly weren't able to gather anymore. So that is what prompted the whole shut-in social club. Mm -hmm. I was doing some free things, but also doing a lot of like things for pay where people would buy tickets to attend these events that I was putting on. And, you know, there's food and socializing and all kinds of stuff in addition to the, you know, making cards or sending letters and all of that. Um, But with the pandemic, I wanted to kind of separate something off a little bit that was not so based around physically gathering and didn't seem like I was trying to monetize or like capitalize on a Mm -hmm. (laughs) a crisis. So I started the shut-in social club where I was matching people up um, both with like an individual person who is isolating as well as facilities like nursing homes or healthcare facilities um, for people to just send out like little happy messages of encouragement or like, hey, like just kind of connecting and mm-hmm. reminding people that it's not, it doesn't have to be so lonely. So yeah, that has been going and we've matched like, I say we, I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just I've matched like hundreds of people up with different pen pals and different facilities to write to. And it's just been really great hearing from everybody about their experiences with it and how connected they have felt even mm-hmm. to people who they may have never met before. I've actually right. found out some of the people who have been paired have actually realized that they know the person or like Colin, um, who's the host of Creative Mornings, yes. his girlfriend signed up for Shut In Social Club. And so I paired her with somebody and that someone who I paired her with knows Colin. Which where, is did like, the, where did the other person live here in town uh, or? I think they were in Tennessee, but not in Nashville or oh something my like gosh. that. Usually I try to pick people like if I could help it at all, it's all dependent on who has signed up, but I'll try to pair them with somebody who's not in the same state. Yeah. But she may have been one of the early ones who, when people first started signing up for it, everybody was from Nashville and then it was oh. everyone was from Tennessee and it kind of expanded from yes. there to, you know, all over the country and some international people. So if they were early ones and I didn't have an option, but to pair them with somebody who was somewhat nearby, but even, even still, it's kind of wild that out of everybody who signed up, for that, that they would be paired with somebody who knew their, their boyfriend. Or- I swear the longer I'm here, the smaller this place gets. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up and I now have two pen pals. I was so excited to have this conversation with you because I wanted to tell you. So the first one is um, from Denver, Colorado. And to your point about probably never meeting them in person, like I have never been to Colorado, but this girl is also like, turning 21 
in July. So it's been so fun. She's still in school and she's like, I said, uh, I'll be turning 40 <laughs> this year, but she, she was, you know, she's asking me for advice and stuff like that. But then we found a common ground. We both have gardens and she loves to cook. And so we're swapping recipes. And I got a letter from her the other day. There was this tiny piece of, it almost looked like tissue paper or something. And it was just like, uh, folded up, tied with a little piece of string. And I opened it up and she had taken lavender from her garden and put it inside and like dried it. And I'm telling it like, I can't, I haven't written her back yet. Cause I'm a delinquent pen pal, <laughs> but you could smell it. And I'm like, this is so cool that, <laughs> you know, somebody from Colorado is sharing their herbs with me, like something from their garden. The second pen pal that I have is from Washington and again, delinquent pen pal. So I had, it had taken me a long time to get back to her. And I found this card that I had bought because I love paper. That's probably another thing you and I have in common. And I found this card. It had a bear on the front. It said, just bear with me. It was a letterpress. And I turned it over on the back in the store or the designer, whoever that had created it was from Seattle. So I sent that to her and I said, I thought this was really fitting sending you the Seattle card. And she was like, oh, I know the store owner. Oh. Yeah, she's a friend of mine because she is, is a part of some kind of letter writing community. This girl also PS has like 26 pen pals. Holy smokes. I know. I'm like, how do you, how do you find the time? She's like single-handedly keeping the postal service in operation. What's cool about it for me as a creative, it's just a way to swap ideas and get inspired by other people with their thoughts or, you know, whatever they're creating. But when she came back and she said that, she was like, oh yeah, she's a good friend of mine. I'm like, this is wild. This world is so much smaller than we realize. And shrinking every day. Totally true. So what are some common questions that people ask you about letter writing? Yeah. So, I mean, I get all kinds of questions from, you know, how do I start writing to somebody? What do I write about to, um, cause that's hard. Like, how do you, I mean, I just start writing. I think I could talk to anybody, but I think for some people, it's like for someone that I've never met, what do you say? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you first meet somebody in person, you're kind of in the same situation, but you have that immediacy of dialogue with them mm-hmm. where you can figure out what your common ground is much more quickly than when you're just writing one half of the conversation and right. then sent off and waiting for the second half. <laughs> um, so I usually start off just introducing myself. Um, I, so I will say pretty much every pen pal, well, not every pen pal, but almost all the pen pals I have, I actually know in person and met them before I wrote to them. Oh, wow. I have had a handful who I've started um, correspondence with since starting Snail Mail Social Club, like folks who have just seen what I'm doing. And so they've sent me mail and I've responded and we've kept up a dialogue. That's cool. Yeah. It's really fun. It's a, like not every person is super interested in sending mail. So the ones who do find interest in that, there's just a commonality between us already that they're the type of person who would be into this like niche thing that I'm also very into. (laughs) So it's easy to get along with them. And they're usually like the best kind of people. 
but I often know them already, which makes it makes conversation easier. It's easier, but then it also kind of takes away that first layer of like introducing yourself. So how do you start having like a one-sided conversation again? Because you do have to like fill your entire sheet of paper without any response from them. So you're just having like one half of a conversation. So I usually am telling stories about like what I've been up to lately, um, what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, what I'm eating, like, you know, any different things that are going on that are very timely Mm -hmm. because that helps me on another point, which is when I'm writing so many people and doing it so often, it's really easy for me to lose track of what I've already said to somebody. Oh, I have two and I have that problem. I'm like, who did I tell what to? (laughs) It's so easy to lose track of. Um, So I try to talk very much about like present time things because Mm -hmm. I know that you know, two weeks ago when I sent them the last letter, I wasn't reading the same book I'm reading this week. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I hadn't tried that restaurant that I tried this week or, you know, all these things that are very timely to right now, which has also helped me to stay more present in my everyday life. Mm, That's interesting. Like paying attention to what I'm doing. So I'm trying to like harvest little pieces out of it. Like, oh, this would be a great thing to tell my pen pal about. And Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm doing things to tell the pen pal about, but I'm being more aware while I'm doing things that like, I need to really relish this memory so I can write about it later. Oh, I love that. There's a, there's a, I don't know, something fun and beautiful about collecting your own stories, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I wish that I had like made copies of letters that I had sent because I don't really keep a journal very regularly, Mm. but I do a lot of journaling. I just mail it out to people. (laughs) (laughs) It's a public journal for everyone. I'm like, man, what a, like, I would have a lot of pages written of just like my my life and my history and my thoughts and like where Mm -hmm. I am in a given moment that might be interesting to like my daughter for her to you know oh, wow yeah um, but I mailed them off to strangers already <laughs> <laughs> now, how old is your daughter she just graduated didn't she she did she's 18 oh my gosh yeah. that was when you said that I mean I remember being probably that age high school age like finding stuff that my parents had written my dad is a bit of a writer as well. And so he has notebooks and journals and things. And it's just so fun to, um, to come across that or even old letters he's written me. There's something really special about that. There really is. Mm -hmm. I love seeing things like seeing my parents' penmanship, like their actual handwriting. It's so much of a different, like almost a visceral connection that I feel to it when I'm seeing their writing versus if I just had like an email or something, like it's not the same at all. It has way more, I don't know, like personal connection to it. Mm -hmm. I, I could pick their handwriting out of, you know, you could give me a million samples of writing and I could tell you which one belonged to my mom and which one belonged to my dad. And both of those are very, they give me like a warm feeling when I think about them. I love so that. Have like whole pages of writing from them about their thoughts or what they're doing or what they're going through or, you know, whatever. It's just a, a very neat thing to have. Yeah, I agree. 
you know, earlier we were talking about going back just a little bit, talking about the next normal, not the new normal, but I've been thinking about this a lot from the past three months and everything that's happened. And I think we have learned a lot about ourselves and about what we don't like in our lives and what we do like in our lives. And I'm just curious, I'm asking this a lot from pretty much everyone I talk to, because I'm, I'm just curious, like, is there anything that you would want to take and keep into this next normal from the past three months that have been so different? Um, yeah, I want to keep like almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've had a very privileged experience of the pandemic and the quarantine and, you know, basically of everything in my whole life, yeah. but specific to this, um, this experience right now, I've been so fortunate through all of it. I've mm. been healthy. I have my family, my, you know, partner and my daughter here with me every day. And we have a house that has enough space in it and a yard that we beautiful flowers. I, I mean, I spend all day just like slithering on my belly through the yard. Like <laughs> I've learned so much about um, the things that grow in our yard because our lawn is not really a grass lawn. There's patches of grass, but it's mostly weeds and such, um, or wildflowers and native plants. As I like there you go. <laughs> yes. I like, I prefer that too. <laughs> yeah, they're only weeds if you don't want them. Like grass is a weed if it grows in your flower bed. That's true. <laughs> so we have just tons of like little plants that bloom wildflowers growing in our mm. yard. And I've to learn and identify so many of those and it feels like in like the olden days like we're yeah we slowed way down yes we're pretty much I mean we're fairly unplugged um I have been like when I'm slithering in my yard on my belly identifying plants I am doing it with an app but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna <laughs> ask if you have some kind of some kind of technology or if you're flipping through pages like hmm <laughs> what does this I look like? I've been using an app, but um, I've been using technology for good. You mm -hmm. know, I've been connecting with the things that are actually growing like in my yard and I'm taking pictures of them and sending them to the little group chat. That's my mom and my sister. And my sister also is like a whiz at identifying plants. Like I legit thought she was cheating and putting my photos through an app and like telling me what the app identified she it just as. Knows. No, she just knows. I don't know where she learned it all, but she needs to teach me. My oh. little baby sister knows so much more than I do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But, I, I have a friend. Um, I was just telling Jason the other day, there's a friend of mine who was living in New York. She moved home with her family to my hometown. And she refers to this time as the great pause, yes. which I think is very applicable. Very true. Anyway, I think there's a lot of beauty in that. There is. I've just... I've really enjoyed this experience and I'm aware that for some people it's been extremely traumatic and right. you know, they're, they haven't been healthy through it and they've lost their income. And so I'm like aware and sensitive to that, but mm -hmm. also using that awareness to be extra grateful for yes. what a wonderful experience it's been for me. Um, one of the biggest things has been, the time that I've gotten to spend with my daughter, because as you know, with the tornadoes, like they closed down Metro Nashville schools after yeah. that for a while. Um, and they only got to go back for a little blip before it was like 
basically like spring break and then they never came back to yeah. school. She was a senior. They basically were just like, okay, school's done. And she like didn't no really celebration, have, no closure. Yeah, like that's it. No doing more assignments or having to check in and do online learning for the last few months or like anything. It was just like, okay, school's like finished, which could seem crappy, but also like what a thing to live through. Like she is the first generation that has ever gotten to go through this where they're trying to figure out how do you treat things during right. a time like this and so like getting to watch them scramble to put it together for her class has been very interesting but um all that to say I read once somewhere or heard maybe on a podcast or something that by the time your kids leave home for college like when they turn 18 mm -hmm. and then they leave the nest you've all as a parent you've already spent 80 percent of the time you're ever going to spend with them oh that which, makes me sad <laughs> <laughs> it's like super sad I don't even know if it's true like I didn't fact check this but it does have a hint of truth to it because mm -hmm. you spend 24 hours a day with your parents when you're a newborn and mm -hmm. then it just tapers off and tapers off and tapers off. And then some people don't even live in the same state as their parents. So yeah. you don't see them very frequently. So I'm sure there's, if it's not an actual stat, there's a grain of truth to it. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that a lot as my daughter, you know, turned 18 this past fall and then she was going to graduate from high school this spring. And then she's going to go off to college in another city and, um just and we are like exceptionally close we are very very close so to think about like not having her just mm. by my side constantly is a kind of traumatic <laughs> <laughs> um there are worse things I'm sure but good lord it no, feels like I can't imagine I, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. And so I've been just really trying to soak up the moments with her, mm -hmm. but knowing that it's a busy time in senior year, they're like, they have so many things they have to study for. They have their final exams and all that stuff. But then she also is in this really academically rigorous program that has its own set of testing. That's like an international standard that they have to take all these really crazy tests for. So she was going to be spending even more time not with me her senior year because she's going to be studying and preparing for all of these things. Yeah. So I was like mentally preparing myself for already not having her. And instead I got the complete opposite. Where the <sighs> what a gift like, in a way. Oh. I mean, I hate to even say that because you're right. Oh, yeah. Like there's so many things that we need to be aware and sensitive of, but yeah, that seems like a really kind thing yeah. to happen for you. Yeah. I can't believe, like, I feel so lucky that, the the great pause meant that I got to spend all this time with my daughter, oh. just like so much one on one time. And yes. just, it's been really, really lovely. And I feel so grateful for it. So, yeah, I just try to keep that perspective like I'm kind of a compulsive silver lining finder. Um, but that's one that I didn't even have to look for. It's just so obvious to yes. me that I have this gift of time right now. So yeah, that, yeah, that's what I want to take. If I could keep things from pandemic times and carry them forward with me, it's like the awareness and appreciation for the things that I love doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think you even said earlier, yeah. just being present, right? Mm -hmm. Like staying in the moment and realizing, you know, feeling that gratitude that realizing that time, I mean, any time is a gift. It is. Yeah. It really is. And that 
kind of carries through to me um, with like the overall message of what I'm trying to do with Snail Mail Social Club, because, you know, what I'm doing with that time when, when I'm slowing down and being present and connecting, mm-hmm. like that's what I want out of life. That's when I feel the best. That's when I'm the happiest. That's when I feel like my mental health is at its peak. Um, and that's what I want for other people. And I feel like through letter writing, we can do that. Yeah. So that's a good segue. How can our friends listening connect with you for more information or sign up to get a pen pal? Well, there are several ways. So the primary place that I interact with people as the club, the snail mail social club, it's all electronic right now since we're not able to gather. In the future, we'll be back to gathering in oh, person. I can't and that'll wait. be lovely. And I'll be back at things like the library and places like that. Yes. Um, and creative mornings. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> all the fun things. Um, but right now I'm on Instagram. Snail Mail Social Club is the main the main place to go. Um, so I would say check that out and I can hook you up with pen pals that way. Um, and then I also have snailmailsocialclub.com if you just like want more information or want to see like when we are doing gatherings, I'm usually posting the gatherings there and you can get tickets to them through that and all that jazz. Um, if people want to send an actual letter, I have the PO box listed on both the um, the Instagram snail mail social club and the website also. So they can send me an actual letter. I love that. Uh, I love it too. <laughs> I'm going to put a plug in because I know that you probably won't, but I loved, um, maybe it was you or somebody else said like, if you, if you like it, support it and you have a new Patreon. Tell us about that. I do. Um, thanks for asking. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so patreon.com slash Courtney Cochran. And that is where you can go to support the projects that I'm working on. So I'll just put it all under the umbrella of Snail Mail Social Club where we're, you know, hosting events. I also do workshops and develop curriculum to take into the schools so kids can learn about writing letters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, all kinds of stuff that's kind of on pause right now. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we're able to get back out in person, you know, it'll be even more fun. So yeah, if you were to check out my Patreon, there's all kinds of different levels that you could support me at. And each level comes with different benefits. Um, So all of them result in you getting something in the mail from me. Who doesn't (laughs) want happy mail? It's the best. I think the only people who don't want it are people who don't know what it is. That's right. Mostly people are used to getting junk mail and bills. So imagine getting just a plain old letter that mm-hmm. was written just for you. Like that alone is awesome. <laughs> I think that we can't overstate how important connection is, mm-hmm. that it's like the key to mental health. Um, it's, you know, a cornerstone of recovery programs for people who are in um, 12-step programs. Like mm-hmm. what's keeping them sober isn't like some rule, it's the connection that they build within those programs yes. and those communities. And it is paramount in suicide prevention, in general mental health, in um, increasing longevity, like connection is what it's all about. And yes. so for us to be able to so easily give that to one another, we can't overstate the importance there. Like connections, everything. I agree. Okay. So before the last question, 
and I I did not tell you about this either, but it's going to be fun. Surprise. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> I am going to give you some speed round questions. Ooh. Pens or pencils? Pencils. Rubber stamps or stickers? Mm, stickers. Lined paper or blank paper? Ooh, man, that depends on what I'm using it for. <laughs> I'll go with blank because I can always put lines on it if I need to. <laughs> serif or sans serif? Oh, man, serif. Gel pen or quill pen? Mm, gel. Okay, that was good. I had more, but that was 30 seconds. <laughs> good job. <laughs> oh, those were hard to choose favorites because, like... I mean, a gel pen's what I use more, but I've never used like a feather quill. Like, <laughs> that sounds <anything>. fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I would be interested in checking that out. Okay. The last question. Because the show is called Starting with a Song, what music have you been connecting most with in this season? In the great pause. Hmm. Okay. One thing... Like oldies are always my standby, always, always can't get enough, especially of like girl groups. Oh, um, like the change yeah, laws and stuff okay. like that. But one thing that has been specific to this season for me that I've been listening to on repeat mm -hmm. when I do my weekly crafting days where I invite my mother over and we just craft all day long. The best. Yeah. Um, my friend Alexa Pulitzer, who has a super awesome stationery brand, she's out of New Orleans. If you haven't seen her stuff, I highly suggest you check okay. it out. Um, she is such like a cool lady. Like <laughs> she's she is a character and so colorful, and I just I love her. But she texted me a link to a Spotify playlist that a friend of hers put together that is all like New Orleans <gasps> music. Can you send like me the link? I'll link this in the show notes. Uh, absolutely. Yes. It's so good. I've, I've probably, <laughs> I've been listening to it so much. So it's ridiculous. Yes. It's really upbeat and like, it just has a lot of flavor okay. to it. I love it. It's so good. Um, but yeah, I'll send you a link so to it. So fun. It's yeah. And, and her stationery too. I'll, I'll include okay. both. Yeah. yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. She definitely has a gorgeous line. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'll definitely feel oh, like I'm excited. Them. Thank you for your time. You're so generous Absolutely. to come on Zoom really and fun. be my guinea pig with this. <laughs> Anytime. This is a pleasure. It's a nice break from slithering around the yard on my belly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Courtney. You're welcome. When was the last time you received a piece of happy mail? Check out Courtney's Creative Pursuits of Connection on Instagram at Snail Mail Social Club or online at snailmailsocialclub.com. Thanks for spending some time with us today. You make today better. If you liked what you heard, you can connect with me on Instagram at Artistic Amanda and you could subscribe to Starting With A Song wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, my friends, keep singing.